He is the chief of police of the Russellville Police Department, and today he's in the hot seat. David Ewing joins us on the spotlight next. Coming to you from the beautiful Olathus building in downtown Russellville, we welcome you into the spotlight. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Drew Brent, and if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668, or cruise on over to RussellvilleLiving.com. One of our agents is always ready, willing, and able to serve you and your real estate needs. Give us a call today, 479-968-5668, or RussellvilleLiving.com. Our guest today is the second time he's been on the show, and so excited to have him here. He's the chief. Chief of Police, David Ewing. Chief, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Drew. How you doing? I am good, my friend. Man, there's so much that you and I could talk about with things that are happening over at the police department. Always, and you know... Yeah, we pre-gamed already. We talked about this before we even pushed the, <laughs> the record button. We had a show before we even had the show. But I, I will say this. There's a lot of good stuff happening over there, isn't there? Well, yes, I would agree. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, we... You know, outside of our normal duties, you know, just to protect and serve. Right. As you have, I mean, we've we've made a, we've made a lot of steps to be more progressive and you know find ways to better serve the community of Russellville. You know, when you talk about the word progressive, what what do you mean? What what are we trying to do there? Well, you know, and one of our main functions is you know you know crime suppression and you know what tools do we need to help us not just with crime suppression but search and rescue and other mm-hmm. and just other functions that we're involved in. In you know, in providing effective police services to the community. Sure. So a lot of it has to do technology based. You know, um, I, I can't remember what we talked about last time, but you know, we added the the canine officers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's helped us with not only with our search and rescue, but with um, also drug enforcement. You know, uh, apprehensions if necessary. I mean, you know, that was another element we hadn't had in many years. You know, so it's just what tools do we need to help us? You know, do our job better. So we can better serve the community. You know, I, I think there, I mean, we did talk about this last time, but I think it's important that we talk about it again. Uh, the, the, the police as a whole have been stigmatized in, in, in the country. There's always been a bit of a stigma anyway, just because of, of, of media portrayal and, you know, the, the whole bad apple ideal. But I don't know that that's necessarily true of the Russellville Police Department. There, this is, a, this is a, a department that's got full backing of the city council, full backing of the community, it seems like. Um, and, and it seems to be going in, in, a, in a positive direction. Do we, would you agree with that assessment? I, I would agree, Drew. Um, you, know, what's, you know, since I've been chief, you know, the last 18 months or so, you know, I hadn't had the, the most calm period of time in our history sure. to you know, be in charge. But what's really surprised me is, the, and we've always had pretty decent support you know, in the time I've been with the Russell Police Department. But it seems like here lately, in the last, you know, five, six, seven years at least, that that support for the police department has really grown. And, you know, when you look at these other places, as you, you know, mentioned, you know, the stigma that's kind of out there, it's been out there for the last 18 months or so. You know, you, you, you hear of uh, departments where they're losing officers by the groves. You know, they're, uh, they, they can't find applicants 
they can't find anybody wanting to come in this profession. Mm-hmm. Now we have those, those challenges here as well, because you know it's just because of the stigma that's out there. Right. But I think what's so special about the River Valley law enforcement here in Pope County, not just the Russell Police Department, is you know we have such support from our local politicians, the city council, uh, the mayor's office, you know, our state representatives, state senators. I mean, we have, you know, our local ones support us so well, you know, the community supports us. And, you know, um, and I think that helps, you know, we hadn't really lost anybody. You know, we've had one or two have, you know, leave, but we've not seen that mass exodus that I have seen in years past when you've had these situations come up, even with Russellville. Right. And we've not seen that. So uh, I think that's, I've got to attribute that to the, the local support that we have here for the police department. Because if you look at other those other places, mm-hmm. and you can read online why our officers leaving, like let's say Seattle or Portland, or you know they're saying, you know they're you know they're citing reasons. They're not talking about pay per se. They're talking about I have no support from my department leaders. I don't have support from my politicians. I don't have support from the community. Why am I risking it? Right. When I ha- I don't have support from anybody. But we don't have that here. And that's the message I would love to get out, you know, because um, we still go, I mean, we're still looking for applicants. We're still, you know, having those same challenges is that here in the River Valley with, with Russellville, you know, I can speak to this for sure, that we have, you know, positive support for our police department from, at all levels at this point. And that's, and that's just amazing to me. And it's really a blessing to be a chief, even though, you know, the time, the era we're in, it's been kind of tough sure. at the same time. It's been a blessing because of the support, you know, that the community and our, our local leaders have shown toward the police department and its officers. Well, you know, and, there, and there's there's something to be said, too, for the work that the Russellville Police Department has done. Um, you don't garner that support just on rhetoric or propaganda. You garner that support through results. And RPD has done, has done pretty well with that, haven't they? We have. Um, you know, I mean, we're not perfect, and we'll make our mistakes just like anybody else. But what I like to think you know, about the Russell Police Department is we're very well trained. We spend a lot of time and effort in, you know, training our officers and trying to do the right thing. A lot of the initiatives that were out there, you know, they, you know, when we're talking about reform issues, we were already doing. Right. You know, um, you know, we were already putting an emphasis on mental health response before any of it was even mandated, mandated by the state. You know, we, we were ahead of that game. You know, uh, our tactics like with, you know, active shooter events, you know, we were already ahead of that before it became mainstream so we have been as far as being progressive we've tried to see okay here's the trends around the nation with police departments or the situations they're dealing with and we're trying to get ahead of those through our training and you know just you know being ready to provide the best service we can because i've I've told the officers many times i was like we're only successful it's not because of me being your chief it's because of the work you do every day dealing with citizens the heart you have for the community i mean i can't win people over it's 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 the guys who are out there on the street, the detectives working the cases. It's everybody under me. It's making it happen, and I'm proud of the work they do. You know, you said something there that I want to follow up on. Is it in order to be a successful law enforcement official, I would have to assume that you have to have a heart for two things. You tell me if I've got this correct. Okay. That you would have to have a a heart and a need to see justice served. But then also a heart to truly serve people, is that is that fair? That's fair. I know a lot of times when we're uh, when we're uh, interviewing applicants or looking for applicants, you know, uh, you know, of course you're looking 
it takes a special person sometimes to be in law enforcement because you know you you have to deal with a lot of stresses that normal people don't deal with. You know, uh, not everybody's always happy. They're, you know, when you're there, someone's not having a good day. Right. They're having the worst day of their life, and you're trying to mitigate that. But I know when we're talking like about applicants, what we're looking for, you know, a lot of times we can take a a, a person who's an applicant and mold them into a law enforcement officer. But the one thing we always talk about is, do they have the heart for it? Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to have the heart for you got to be empathetic. You've got to, you know, you've got to care about what you're doing. You know, now, you know, you can kind of get in a rut sometimes, but if you don't have that core of being, you know, of, for the profession, for people that you're dealing with, and I see it every day. I wish, you know, I know sometimes what's highlighted on the news or media sometimes is our mistakes. But if people could see every day what officers at the Russell Police Department or even in the River Valley sure, yeah, do on a daily basis as far as, you know, I mean, I, I've had officers buy groceries for people who were, you know, I've had them even help find jobs for people or buy a, buy a bicycle that was stolen from a kid, mow, mow a yard for someone who had a medical emergency, that, you know, in the middle of it. I mean, that was uh, someone videoed that. You know, they didn't just do that because they knew someone was videoing it. They did it because of their heart. And and that's the kind of people we look for and the kind of people I have. And I, I'm just blessed. I mean, with that. So it is hard. You're right in your statement. I am. Um, I have another question about that, too. One thing that you said that struck me, and I've never thought about it this way, is that every single day, these officers who are on patrol for sure, are dealing with people that you it's really almost impossible to have a, a quote unquote good day because if you're showing up to someone's house they're not having a good day <laughs> right. for some reason or another how how do you what do you say to your officers to try to keep their mental health right because honestly that's got to be taxing knowing that if you show up you're not really wanted there well i mean that's always been kind of the element of the job i mean you know then that's usually the hardest transition for an applicant, a new hire to make is you're the problem solver. You're helping solve other people's problems or at least mitigate it when you might not have the life experiences to help mitigate it. You know, if I have, if I hire a 21 year old officer who who's never been married, never had kids and he's going to handle a domestic or, you know, or a divorce situation, right. disturbance, he, he don't even have life experiences to pull from. So there's the stresses of trying to figure that out and learn. That's why experience is so important in this job. But, you know, as far as their mental health, we're really good at, we've gotten better. And I think Russellville's, uh, you know, been ahead of the game a little bit because you've heard a lot of, you know, talk about mental health and officers here lately. You know, uh, you know, the city of Russell has a employee assistance program, you know, where, you know, we can give them a card where they can call and just have, you know, talk to a therapist, you know, and we wouldn't even know about it. It's kind of the anonymous way to, hey, sure. if you need help, you're, you know, if you're going through a divorce as an officer, here. Or if you're just having problems, you just need to talk to somebody. Uh, of course, we keep an eye on our officers, too. And sometimes we've actually offered and paid for services to get them treated. You know, there are certain situations, you know, if we have, you know, if we deal with a real critical incident where it, it would mess up anybody, regardless of how callous you are, as an, you know, as an officer, how tough you are. You know, we've sent them to, you know, a deep critical incident debrief where they can talk to a therapist, see what their options, learn coping mechanisms to deal with the additional stressors that, that were unusual even for this job. So, you know, we have those mechanisms in place where we, you know, try to provide those services to our officers. 
and keep an eye on them. Yeah, the the police department as a whole has to be a has to be a band of brothers and sisters. Has to be a family. Right. I, I really believe that. That's just from the outside looking in. But when they get home, they've got families of their own too. What's the balance look like? <laughs> I think it's like with any other job. Um, you know, uh, you didn't even prep me for these questions before the, the pregame show. Nope, we didn't talk about any of this. <laughs> we didn't talk about any of this. So, uh, no, I mean, you'd be surprised, especially when we have new hires. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to mention any names or anything like sure. that. But, you know, there is a there is an adjustment when you go from, you know, being just a regular person. Now you're in a position of public trust, authority, and you, you, you take that on where everybody's hypercritical of you. You're always being videoed. That's a very unusual adjustment. That's a hard adjustment going from sure. normal life to that, you know, and and helping officers deal with those stresses, you know, part of our field training is, you know, we, we do talk about that. We tell them, you know, things, you know, to do to try not to cope. You know, we have those, like those mental health things we talked about earlier. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, you'd be surprised how, like, the veteran officers who kind of survived that, you know, one way or the other, either the hard way or the easy way, you know. Right. You know, whatever your coping mechanism is, um, you know, we tell these young guys, here's how, you know, spend time with your family. You know, get away from this job. You know, try to shut it off. It's hard to shut off. You know, we try to give them that expert advice from the guys who've already lived through it. You know, because we, we focus on, okay, you do an important job, and when at the end of the day, it's, it's, it is still a job. Your family is more important. You know, don't sacrifice your family for this. You know, because, um, you know, in five years from now, no one's going to remember who you are. It'll be the next group of officers in here right. after you leave. You know, don't sacrifice everything for this. It's, as far as overcommitting. Sure. exactly. You right. know, um, you know, but I think a lot of it, as far as they're, they're dealing with it, it, it's a lot of the senior guys who step in and, you know, try to teach these younger guys what's really important in life. Here's how you deal with it. You know, don't turn to, you know, certain behaviors that are more, you know, destructive than others. Sure. You know, whether, you know, we encourage them, you know, if you're in the church, be active in your church, you know, or if you like to go, you know, off-roading, go off-roading, you know, golfing, you know, Decompress. Get away from this when you're off. One thing we did talk about in our pregame, um, <laughs> none of this was planned, but this part was planned. Drones. Yes. Um, like I said, we were, you know, we're trying to be a progressive department and find the tools necessary to help us perform our missions. And the one thing that we are adding, uh, hopefully it'll be op fully operational by November, is our drone program. It's... Um, program that we've partnered with the Russellville Fire Department in where you know we have a set of drones that we can use for a variety of things uh, you know like search and rescues uh, suspect apprehensions uh, situational awareness I mean just there's just so many things you can do with a drone even in fire scenes you know finding hot spots so that, you know they can you know you know extinguish a fire quicker right you know it's just it brings another level of technology and a tool that we can use that you know, you wouldn't think we would use it that much around here, but, you know, we had we have situations all the time, just in the last couple of weeks, like, man, if we had a drone, we could have, maybe we could have resolved this sooner. You know, and we're talking like a missing disabled uh, child we were looking. We spent right. seven hours in the neighborhood looking, and we didn't have the drone available. You know, maybe if we'd had that drone up there, we could have found her quicker. I mean, right. she was found safe, you know. Sure. So everybody knows there's an end to that story. Right, yeah, and it's a positive end. It's too. a positive, you know, but, 
you know, uh, manhunts. You know, we had one recently, you know, we were, or the county had a manhunt we helped them with. It'd be nice if we had a drone available to, to deploy quicker. We might have had a quicker resolution. Right. So, you know, the drones, I mean, and there's a lot to do with drones. I mean, we're having to get, you know, we've spent a lot of time training officers with the drones, getting their certifications with the FAA, um, policy development to make sure that we're using them proper and legal. Right. So, I mean, it's just, uh, really excited about the drone program and our partnership with the fire department. And I think that's going to add an element for the river Valley that another great tool that will help us in our job duties. One other thing that we did talk about during the pregame, I, I keep calling it the pregame. I'm, I'm, well, so I'm, now, now I've got you. You're going to say that every time you interview. Somebody. Well, I mean, I do play by play for Darnell football too. Mm -hmm. And so I have to turn off spotlight host to Darnell, I mean, to Darnell football, because I'll start talking about, you know, when did you call time out there, Chief? You know, because uh, one thing we did talk about, though. Yeah, my before, time management was off, Drew. I'm sorry. I uh, <laughs> didn't didn't manage the clock well. I didn't you lost the in clock. the fourth quarter. You know, I didn't agree uh, with that pill, that flag they right, threw. That but. Flag, well, you ought to come to Bob Keenan Field. You will see a whole lot of flags <laughs> if you don't lie. Um, we were talking about, I know what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christmas is coming up. And, you know, and, and during the holiday season, it's unfortunate, but I mean, you, you, you can at times see uptick in crime just because of, of the way things are. People need money or whatever else to provide certain things or just to get goods or they see an opportunity. Um, what are some things that people can do to make sure to protect themselves throughout the holiday season? Well, during the holiday season, I mean, we, we might see a slight uptick. We're we're pretty lucky here. It's not, it's 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 not a spike or a peak, but we do have incidents occasionally that do come up, especially during the shopping. You know, we would remind everybody during the holiday season: be aware of your surroundings. You know, if you're walking in house stores, you're going to have bags carrying purses. Mm -hmm. Just be aware of where you're walking, who's around you. You know, it's kind of the normal thing we would expect anybody to do in their everyday living. But you know, one of the big things is you know keep your cars locked, and you know. Keep your cars locked. Keep your valuables hidden. Uh, not just for the holiday season, but year-round. I mean, right. if, if, if we have uh, our biggest complaint about anything at the police department when it comes to, you know, you know, keeping crime down is, you know, if people would lock their doors. You know, a lot of those, you know, vehicle break-ins are crimes of opportunity. They walk by or walk by a bunch of cars. Right. They'll, 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 they'll pop the handle, see if it's unlocked. You know, rarely do they break windows out. Now, when they do that, it's because there's maybe a beautiful laptop sitting in the passenger seat or something right. of a value that makes it worth the risk of them breaking a window to get that item. So, you know, the main thing is, you know, you know, be aware of your surroundings, keep your cars locked, mm -hmm. and keep your valuables hidden if you keep them in the car, your presence in the trunk or whatever, so no one knows what's really in your car. We've got the Chief of Police, David Ewing, from the Russellville Police Department on the spotlight. We're wrapping up with him after this. We're going to put him on the hot seat. Some rapid-fire questions after this timeout. You're watching the spotlight. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome you back into the spotlight here at the Alathis Realty Building, presented as always by Alathis Realty. And if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668. Cruise on over to RussellvilleLiving.com. Chief of Police David Ewing is our guest at this time. A couple of rapid fire questions before we wrap up here, Chief. All right, we're going to see if we can if we can get behind the man behind the badge, okay? Yeah, okay. Get the man. I got my penalty flag to flag. Yeah, yeah they throw the flag okay, from before the break. All right. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about balance earlier on, and if I, I I love those true crime shows, I really do. I love the whole the whole cop drama thing, but I know that it can be dramatically emphasized just for for TV effect. And you've always got that story of the the grizzled veteran cop who comes home and it's the same scene you've seen it they mm-hmm. take their badge and their gun off and they loosen the tie and it's like oh, it's just another rough one today and it's always a story of a rough work-life balance but mm-hmm. i would assume that there is probably at least some truth to that how do you manage it like me personally yeah well i tell you I, you know i've been in law enforcement for 28 29 years and it's tough at times i mean and it, it's not so much the law enforcement. I mean, that does add to it. But, you know, you throw in shift work, working nights. Mm-hmm. You know, you work long hours. You know, that by itself, I mean, you can be doing that working at ConAgra. Right. You know, uh, you know that can bring challenges to your life. But, uh, you know, you throw in the stresses of the job far as, you know, some of the things, you know, we see things that normal people don't see on a regular basis. Sure. You know, we deal with other people's problems. And, you know, you if you internalize that stress, it's, it's going to eat at you. You know, of course there's the, you know, when you're a young officer, there's that adrenaline cause, Oh, I'm in all the action, you know, right. You know, you're in the know and, uh, then, but it does wear on you. And, you know, the way I would think balancing it, like I said, I, I know for me personally, I always tried to, when I was off, I tried to be off as much as I can, you know, um, when, you know, I, I depend a lot on my faith to get me through it. Yeah. I have a good supportive family wife. I try not to miss my kids' stuff. You know, if I, if I had to rearrange schedules or there, a lot of times I lost a lot of sleep, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, you just made those sacrifices to make sure you had that balance. Right. And a lot of that's just person-driven, you know, to make sure that you're focusing on the right things at the right time. Are there moments where, well, let me ask you like this. How many times have we avoided major situations because of police involvement that the general public may not have known about? In other words, I would assume that there are more times that I would assume that there are more times that we don't know about where crisis was averted than we ever found out about in the news. There's probably a lot of truth to that. I don't know if I could put an exact number on there, but sure. you can almost say, you know, like a major catastrophe because you never know because sometimes. You know, we might have intervened in a, something simple, and we saved a life and didn't know it. Right. You know, let's say like a domestic situation where we just either separated the parties, made an arrest. You know, we might have saved someone's life if we hadn't been inter, you know, intervened. Or a DWI that we arrested, we might have saved a life down the road. Right. But as far as major, I mean, there's times, I'd say more regular than what people would think, that where police involvement either stops something major from happening or the potential of something major happening. You know, and it's and then it's proper police involvement too. You know, we, you know, sometimes we make tough decisions. That is this the right call? Because there's not a playbook that says if this happens, you do this. It's you're just making a decision based on human nature, experience, what you think is best practice, 
and but by trying to you know taking our time and trying to make the right decision, right. we probably have averted situations that could have got out of hand if we wouldn't right. if we wouldn't if we would have handled it differently or or more heavy handed or or not heavy hand you know or not you know or too light right you know I mean it, there's there's a lot of difficult decisions but I think on a regular basis we probably averted a lot more situations that the public don't know about. What do the people of Russellville need to know about the Russellville Police Department? Oh, we're here for you. Um, you know, we're not perfect. We do our best to provide professional police services. Uh, sometimes our youth and experience gets the best of us. But I think our heart's in the right place. I think everybody that works with the police department understands what our mission is, that we have a heart for our community. We try to serve the best we can. You know, sometimes I think people don't understand there's a lot. Of, we're not all powerful like people think we are. Right. We are very constrained. Uh, you know, we're at the mercy of a lot of different people. Sure. Even when it comes to investigations mm -hmm. or how we handle situations, you know, anywhere from child custody, you know, to waiting on lab results to find out if we can investigate further or not. I mean, there are just so right. many different things that affect us. And But we've got a good police department. We're here to serve you and... Uh, and we appreciate the support. I mean, and we're we're looking to be progressive and move forward to provide the best police services we can for our community. Well, Chief, that's the second time on the show. The third time's a charm. We got to do it again pretty soon. All right, sounds good. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. We were we pre-gamed, and I know there's a, you know with the holidays coming up and everything. There's a lot of people that do call and ask how can I support the police department? Sure. Because we I've talked about support this whole time. This whole time, yeah. You know, so. Um, you know, a lot of people call, how can I support the police department? Uh, a simple thank you, if you see an officer, that's, that's always great. We take those, we don't get those enough. Um, but, you know, people say, well, how can I monetarily support the police department? We do have a, a Russellville Police Foundation. It's a nonprofit. It's separate from the police department of a group of citizens that put this together to provide funding for things that we might not be able to afford through normal budgetary constraints. That's how we got our canines was through the foundation, and that was an expensive project because of donations. So if anybody out there wants to support the police department, um, you know, get a hold of me or Dr. Keith Scott. He, I think he's, he's the president of the foundation, and we can explain how you can make that. If you want to support the police department monetarily, that's the way to do it. Do you know if there's a website? They don't have a website um, yet. I've been trying to talk them into that. We uh, need you to get a website. <laughs> we I'm working put, on we that. put it on the screen right here. He's, he's a little old school, but I like him. He's been a big supporter, and, and it's just a blessing that they've been able to, you know, provide this support for us. I mean, you know, a lot of our, uh, like, tasers, our first-run tasers we got through the foundation. There's a lot of things that they provide, like I said, the canines. That was almost right. a $50,000 project that wow. was funded because of the foundation. And so, uh, and, and everybody who's donated to it, I appreciate that. But, even you know, even if you don't want to do that, simple thank you to the officers and... Uh, and we appreciate it, but I wanted to get that out there because I do get asked that a lot. All right, Chief, thanks so much. Let's do it well, again, brother. Thank you, Drew, for having me. All right, third time's a charm next time, man. Third time's a charm. All right, that's, All right thank you. That's David Ewing. He is the Chief of Police of the beautiful city of Russellville, and we thank you so much for joining us today on the Spotlight. As always, from the beautiful Olathus building right here in downtown Russellville, if you're in the market to buy or sell your home, give us a call today. It's 479-968-5668. My name is Drew Brent, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.